This is the Oklahoma Talking Company. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for coming round again. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. What's shaking, cats and kittens? This is Jason Baffrey, and you are on the OKC Show. And we have a great program lined up for you today. On the day of this recording, we are uh, quickly approaching Independence Day. I just happened to see a story the other day that said it was the most and least patriotic states in the uh, United States. And, And I just found this curious that... Oklahoma ranked number nine in most patriotic states, but it also monitored uh, military engagement and civic engagement. Oklahoma was number nine in military engagement, which I thought was pretty cool. I mean, we obviously have a lot of people, or I know know a lot of people that have gone into the military. But civic engagement, we were ranked 43rd, which I thought was just unbelievable. I mean, I would have expected that uh, there were more people involved, and they based that upon... um, voting, people that went out to vote, but then it also incorporated like uh, people volunteering in certain areas and volunteering for the Peace Corps, which I didn't even realize that the Peace Corps was still that active. So maybe that's why we didn't rank high in civic engagement. But nevertheless, get out and get out and vote. And uh, let's bring that up and everybody fly your flags uh, this weekend, which will be now like probably two weeks two weeks ago when you're actually listening to this. So we have a great show and I'm really excited uh, about our guest today. Uh, You may have seen uh, the blog uh, called the Red Dirt Chronicles. Um, And from that, you may have seen a little something called Every Point on the Map. And today our guests are uh, Kelly Roberts, otherwise known as Red Dirt Kelly, and April Kirby, otherwise known as April Kirby, and Rachel Apple. And uh, hello, ladies. Hi there. And so they have this project that they started um, back in 2014. Well, I think it probably started before that, but it really got going in 2014. And it is called Every Point on the Map. And so the goal was to go to every city slash town in Oklahoma over a 10-year period. And uh, so they've been on their way and been traveling around the state. And uh, Kelly, tell us a little bit about where did this idea come from and how do, how do you come up with this? I, I, I can kind of see maybe I'm going to go to all 77 counties, but how do you make the decision to go to every city in the state? All right. So it's a little quirky chain link thing. So bear with me. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, I am a teacher and then a professor, and after every single semester of school in my life, I'd always just relax a little bit. And recently, over the last 10 or 15 years, I just started taking a short road trip, kind of like walking about in Australia only, you know, running around about in Oklahoma. And so I loved it. I would always try to go to very small, you know, crevices, nooks and crannies of Oklahoma, strike up conversations, tiny diners, and just relax a little bit. And it really really um, enriched my life. But dissertation time, 2013, I think I needed a bigger release. And sometime right before I defended, I just was stressed and I thought, I need a big trip. And then I went to 7-Eleven and I was looking at this map thinking, where am I going to go? And I counted the cities and towns and I just thought, 
by golly, I'm going to hit every one of these things. And so I started mulling that over. And then I finally said it out loud. And once I said it out loud, it was kind of a done deal. So. Now, you you picked up that map in 7-Eleven, yep. and you counted the cities, and on that map, there were 594 cities, and uh, I read what? There's 593. We found one since. Oh, you found one since. <laughs> but I just, like your most recent blog is that you have uh, found new maps and discovered that there are actually more cities than what you originally thought. Correct. So everyone has their idea about what a point on the map is. And I will never talk to like a geographer because I don't even want to get started with them. But we were talking to a professor who was actually one of our conversations up in Stillwater. And he said, you know, there's like 650 incorporated towns in Oklahoma. And I just had this moment in my head going, no, 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 no. You know, I just I, I wanted him to be it to be less. But it, it, 594 is what we're sticking with because that's what 7-Eleven, you know, handed in my lap and I'm going with it. So. But the interesting thing about this is, is it's not just you're visiting these cities, but you are you are documenting your time there by picking people out and, and talking to the people in each one of these cities, right? Yeah, you know, um, the why was for stress relief, but you could choose a lot of things for stress relief. It doesn't have to be a road trip. Right. And so fundamentally, um, who and what I'm about and what I care about is helping people understand a better sense of what Oklahoma and Oklahomans are about, helping them see um, the unique aspects and attributes that are positive qualities because we get a lot of really bad national headlines. And so, um, and we've experienced a lot of stuff just in this past year. And, and so with that in mind, the meaningful conversation was just a standard that I wanted to set. You know, enough time with someone to get what they're about, what's important to them, you know, what's been going on in their lives, how they're connected to the area, and maybe a story or two, but something that you would have if you're sitting on the porch, you know. So how do you decide uh, who you're going to talk to in each city? Do you go in and just find somebody that looks interesting or, or do you know in advance what you're looking for? Well, we refine these protocols. Okay. So um, at first we were just running around and I, I really think it was total chaos if you were tracking us like on a GPS. <laughs> just like, you know. There was uh, one point we were like rolling dice on the dashboard to see which direction we were going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We were. We were. We were just kind of leaving it up to chance. But what we've what we've done now is eventually we found that when you get into a town, you scope it out first. So we travel up and down Main Street. Rachel counts the churches. It's just something she's keeping in a little moat skin. You know how many churches are on Main Street? You know, and we uh, kind of cruise around to see where the population pockets are of people. What's going on in the town? If there's something like activity, we'll sort of zero in on that and then pick them, you know, whoever that is and start a conversation and just say, hey, this is our project. Um, here's what we're about. We love to have a conversation with you, you know, or someone, you know, that you're connected with that, you know, might really love to be a part of our project. And uh, from that point, they either say yes, because they think that's cool. They say no way, especially because of the video and the audio pictures kind of thing. Or they refer us. And usually that referral is sort of this person that has their pulse on the sense of the town. And, and that's when we settle in. 
But if something's not going on in town, we just had rule and start knocking on doors. So. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I, I haven't pointed out yet, uh, Kelly, in this project, you are the words. You're the 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 primary writer, I guess I would say. Um, Rachel is doing photography, so she captures these incredible images of of the people and the places in each uh, each city they visit. And then April is the videographer, and so she's ca- they're capturing videos. Um, of, of these stories as well. So, uh, Rachel, first you, um, do you, what do you look for when you go into these cities? Are you looking for the, um, the character faces or the character places specifically, or do you have something that you look for that you help kind of guide who's going to be the person that you talk to or interview? Um, I think that things that, I mean, usually when we've chosen someone, we're choosing, Half the time, someone who's just willing to say yes, because there's a lot of times people just will say no. Um, And then other times, people that were like, oh, they have a real cute house. Like, we should go knock on their door because those flower pots are killer, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) or um, or they're like outside and cute, like in Bethel Acres, which I think is our next. I should edit those photos. So. um, They were at a T-ball thing and it was this cute family that all had their names on the back of their um jerseys and I actually didn't have any part in picking that but I was happy that they picked them because they were darling um but what I really like my favorite is when we're indoors usually because Oklahoma is very unforgiving when you're outdoors and I really like when we have awesome beautiful light inside which what photographer doesn't but like in Bowley we were in this dusty old cafe where it's like there's always lingering dust and there was this harsh side light with these it was like summer and everybody kind of had sweat on their faces but it was all side lit and perfect and i was like this is the best ever and so then i drank a root beer this kid shared his fried chicken and we took some great portraits and talked to pookie and bully april what about you well i think for me i obviously i'm coming into my own now i've gone on a few runs with them but i was not part of it from the beginning um i kind of joined on early this year um, and thankfully because Kelly is very talented writer but she she can't do video very well <laughs> and so I, I came in to edit some stuff that she had already shot on her iPhone I'm assuming um, and had a difficult time so I'm, I'm glad for that so for me it's kind of I'm gonna default I take you know some most of the time literally the back seat of of the trip and i'm obviously concerned with clear audio so if you know i would prefer there to not be running fans or blast of an air conditioner next to the microphone but um we I trust, can relate <laughs> yeah i can i trust rachel enough to kind of see where we're going to sit our subject down that if her eye thinks it looks good then i'll be able to find a good image as well so i'm not as as picky um once in a while i'll say right or left but for the most part i feel like I'm also here to document what Rachel and Kelly are doing as well. Uh, April, how did you get involved with with the crew and decide to uh, jump in with this journey? I was, we were at an engagement party for Mm -hmm. one of our friends that we were both bridesmaids for recently. Um, And we hadn't actually met, but our mutual friend had talked about the other to the other person quite a lot, enough that we knew who each other were in theory. Um, and Rachel kind of came up to me and was like, Hey, would you ever want to like trade lessons? Like you could teach me about video and maybe I could teach you about photography. And I was like, 
Sure. She's being really nice. I was like, we suck so bad, April. <laughs> April, we need, like, I've seen your videos and they're beautiful and we suck so bad. And our project is awesome. And our project is better than the videos that we're able to do. Like, that was the biggest stressor we had for the first year. It was just like, we, I would get anxiety about it. And I, she did most of it. And the one she asked me to do, I like, I, I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> so that's when I was like, April, please. <laughs> April, I need help. <laughs> But so she told me about the project and I was like, well, but if you're interested, instead of just teaching you how to do it, I'd be happy to like be a part of it. Um, and obviously it's a lot to be like, I'm, I'm in it for 10 years, but I'm really interested in the project. And as long as I'm able to, I want to be a hand in it for sure. Um, and it's been, it's been so great. I was like pretty hesitant cause you're like kind of coming as an outsider, um, and then you're having, I was having to backlog all these older videos that weren't my style in, in any way or, or quality, no offense, a little offense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's definitely been really great to add some quality. And for me, it's changed, you know, I'm having to learn and grow in what I do and how I do it to adapt to the project. And the project has to adapt a little bit to what I bring to it as well. Um, but it all kind of started at a, as a random question at an engagement party and almost a year later. Yeah. So Kelly, um, talk a little bit about the, uh, I mean, you've been to several cities now, obviously with a kind of a, almost a year or a little over a year invested into this. Um, give me, give me some highlights. Okay. Well, yes, we, we did our pilot. I think it was May of last year, March. Was it that early? Yeah, that pilot, oh, that was a hoot. We may talk about that one. Um, so we have been, uh, basically, the places that we went first were chosen from the donors to our Kickstarter project. And that was one of the levels of giving. If you give $100, you can pick a 10-town route. You know, we'll hit as many as we can. And so really where we went was based upon what our donors' moods were, you know, or probably where they had the sense of place, you know, mm -hmm. in Oklahoma. So it's only been this last run where we were actually released from the donors. And so then we started a, a little bit different place, you know, of waiting, like thinking about how we're going to choose where we're going to go and wanting to color a big piece of the map in and, you know, that kind of thing. So highlights. Um, I brought the map so that if you want to pick a random place, you can ask us a question. But we've been to 54 now, which means that we are only five away from the 10% mark. Nice. And that's exciting. I mean, that is mm -hmm. awesome. And so we have really spent a lot of time down Highway 9, far neath, northeast Oklahoma. We went down to the Holdenville, Cromwell area, um, of course, a little bit around here. And then now we just recently went out to Dewey County, um, also a little bit north and northeast around the Guthrie area. And so the people that I think about are probably are different every single day. Today, yeah. I'm thinking about the stories that we just got back from, mm -hmm. you know, that's the ones that are on sure. my mind. We just got finished with our Dewey County run. And, you know, in Western Oklahoma, the houses are miles apart. And it's really a very different feel than it is up in Northeast. So I'll tell you about uh, one guy, the first first um, stop we made in Dewey County was in a little place called Putnam. Uh, Putnam is a very old town, and the guy that we talked to, his name was uh, Tuffy, 
And he had been known um, by the name of Tuffy ever since he was born. Now, I just have to point out that my grandmother had a dog named Tuffy. <laughs> well, you know, there could be something there. <laughs> <laughs> ever since, did, did she name the dog the point that we, you know, the dog was born? I don't know. <laughs> Should ask her how Tuffy got his name because yeah. we found out how Tuffy got his name. Evidently, back in the day, um, this was way, in 1929, uh, doctors are very scarce, and Tuffy's mom is having a very difficult delivery. And so the doctor was already out on a call. So, you know, no technology. They send people out to the main street and watch for the doctor to come back from the country to flag him down and go, baby, baby, you know. <laughs> and so the doctor didn't come, doctor didn't come. And finally, I guess they drug up some kind of chiropractor in the area. And he was either breech or something because they had to flip the baby and turn elbows and shoulders and all kinds of things. And it was a really, really hard delivery. So he was christened Tuffy. And uh, something that he shared with us that is that he kept the basketball clock at Arapahoe High School for 50 years. Wow. And he's taught ag for 30 years. And he um, has not worn anything except his overalls from the day that he retired. So, you know, Tuffy was a cool, cool guy. Yeah, that's great. I, I read a story about uh, the guy that you met in Pryor who works, who started the newspaper after he'd worked at the local newspaper, went off and started his own. But he was a big heavy metal guy or band guy on his way to Rocklahoma. Uh, and, and he was just, he just sounded fascinating to me. That was his partner. It, like we talked to Terry and his partner was the rock guy okay. he was like he dragged us into his partner's office who wasn't even there he's like you have to see his office you'll love his office you we you'll love his office and he like made us look at all the posters and told us all about it and then he yeah. brought us into his own office he's like it's not a school but <laughs> yeah but that's his paper yeah that's yeah. his paper i brought it today there are three um that make up that whole paper so the rocklahoma guy is one of them and he does all the ads and he he does sort of the marketing and business stuff and mm -hmm. so yes he is a fascinating guy and he is obsessed with memorabilia um and then we talked to Telly, terry um allward which who he was the editor he writes everything but it's just a three-person shop and that was a really awesome stop. That building was cool. He was cool. I mean, they had a lot of neat stories. So. It's amazing the, the individual stories that exist um, in life, really, but uh, that, that never get told that many people don't hear unless they're connected directly to somebody. But, I mean, the, the fact that you guys are out there able to – tell uh, these fascinating stories that otherwise may not be heard is is just really great. It's got to be fun for you to to go out and learn these things and meet these people like this. There's always this moment right before someone starts a big story where you just think that could just be another question with, you know, out a lot of thing behind it. And then here it comes. And it's just this quality of um, history that you don't even know what to do with, but it's it's fascinating. We've got a lot of stories, but I don't want to, you know, interrupt the process here. What well, were you I thinking? I was going to say that. I mean, my biggest passion, where I want to get in life, is to be able to, ideally, cover my passport with stamps, but meet people and be able to tell their stories from around the world. Because, um, what's so crazy to me is, as big as the world is people have this whole completely different perspective of it depending on on where they are and what's been cool about this particular project is seeing that Oklahoma it 
it is built up of small towns. It is a place I've wanted to leave almost my whole life, but there's amazing people with amazing stories that teach you something every single time you meet them and to see kind of their perspective on this world and on this planet and on this state. It's been pretty, pretty impactful to what I want to do and, and how I want to do it. Yeah. Rachel, I'm, I'm curious as a photographer looking at this from a, uh, from a visual standpoint, um, what is a, a story that stuck out to you? I mean, somebody that really captured your your lens, if you will. Um, I think that it's hard to, for me to separate, like, just the images that I get um, from the experience of getting them. So they're all kind of tied up together. So maybe some of my best work isn't even something that I feel really proud of cause, or really, like, my favorite because it's not it was a different kind of experience or something. But I think that on when we went up to our pitcher garden run, what was the town that was, we were scared of when we drove in? Lenora. Uh, no. No, Lenora was in Peoria. Peoria. Yeah. We drove into Peoria and this, like we passed the welcome to Peoria sign and this dog just runs at our car barking. Like, like and I'm a dog person. Like I have two big dogs. I love dogs. Every time we're on the trip, I seek out the dogs and spend my time with them. And this dog freaked me out. And then April needed to get a drive-by of the sign for the video. So we had to flip back around and like drive by again. And the dog comes barking at us again. And we're like, this is kind of ominous. And then we drive up and down the little tiny main street. And it seems just kind of deliverance -y. You know, like <laughs> it, would, it just seemed like there was a lot of guns and probably a lot of different ideals than I hold and uh, lots of bars on the window it was gray and rainy that day yeah, just, I mean it was just the setting was dark you know and I was all like I don't want to talk to anybody here what if they shoot us <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um, and so finally there was one house we had driven by that had a screened in porch and like usually porches are nice common areas for people to meet us on the porches they don't have to bring us into their homes we don't have to go into their homes and we can sit on the porch and have conversation and but there was a screened in porch and i was like we should go there because it's rainy so maybe we can sit on their little porch and then after not being able to talk to a couple people we wound up at that place and there was this 77 year old woman and her nine-year-old adopted daughter and they were so sweet together and she had fostered her since she was a newborn and just like i thought that you know obviously i thought it was grandma you know and she started talking about it and she had her school pictures and she's like i fostered her then i adopted her and just them sitting on this like old lazy boy recliner and she the mom was in the chair and the daughter was on the arm of the chair and they were right next to this they brought us inside the house it was like a uh trailer kind of house but it was really nice and neat um in there right by the window so there was side light again um and they kept like holding hands or putting our arms around each other like the whole hour or so that we were there just their interactions were so sweet and like being able to capture this totally non-traditional family structure in this what i thought was a creepy town and kind of how i did a 180 on the town because of the relationship that these two had sure yeah, that's really great. Has there been, uh, have you gone into a town where they were just like, what are you doing here? We don't want you around, anything like that? I mean, any bad experiences that you care to share? Well, I have this hypothesis forming, and my hypothesis is 
the more suburbia, the less engagement. And I don't know that it's going to play out over time, but we did sort of run into that at Owasso. Yeah. Uh, we knocked on 10 doors and everyone said no. And it got really discouraging. It was right after Christmas. Everybody's got Christmas like decorations everywhere and you know it should be a jolly time and it was a holiday and nobody wanted to talk to us and it felt really discouraging after a while and so i think there's two factors there one is we go a lot out on mondays and mondays are sort of down times right. you know like museums are closed sometimes tea shops are closed you know there's just a lot of uh, people that don't work on mondays and so it's a little bit more shuttered you know in terms of a town vibe than other days and so it was a monday i'll give them that but 10 you know that wasn't cool yeah <laughs> then there was string yeah, String was also, you know, String is a town that really has zero commerce. There's one little tiny store, and I'm not quite sure what they sell there, but it looks like it could be a secondhand store or something. But otherwise, all everything is shut down. Everything is falling down. Everything, you know, the paint is peeling. The structures are leaning. Um, so there's really not a lot there at all. And we went by people who looked at us with such, you know, like the dagger looks that we didn't <laughs> even stop and talk to them. And normally I'll talk to anybody, but I couldn't engage some people there. So that yeah. was April's first family that she chose, <laughs> the Flemings. <laughs> they had a cute little sign on their porch with their name. And it just looked like they would be nice. And they were. They were. They were awesome. They were really great. She... I forget her name, first name. I'll think of it in a second. Trisha? Yeah, Trisha. Trisha Fleming really helped me. Um, it was probably the first conversation I had where she eloquently stated why small town Oklahoma was not just where somebody grew up and they were stuck with it, but where they really prefer to be there. And she was someone who described herself as transplanted or trans, right? She was a transplant from Texas to to Strang, Oklahoma because of her her husband. And she talked about just how wonderful that how wonderful it was to live in Strang and, and the views that she had and the sunset that she could see every day. Um, and knowing her neighbors and feeling that like community. She's an EMT. Um, that was her job and being able to work on her people that she knew is, you know, both parts a good thing and a bad thing, but um, she helped really shape kind of my new opinion on, okay, small town, it's got its perks, it's got its things, and people are really proud of being from small towns. Sometimes I cry, and in their corner, <laughs> okay, I cry a lot. All the time. <laughs> I do. I'm overly empathetic with these people. I don't yeah. know what the deal is, but in their corner of their limit, he's a policeman and she's an EMT, so... In the corner, there are two police dogs, the ashes of those dogs, and oh, wow. their pictures and their medals, and they tell the stories of the dogs. And, of course, I'm boohooing, and it's like this memorial that they have right there in the room with them. They don't forget them, you know, yeah. and uh, so that was pretty touching. Yeah. So you're a year in on the project. Uh, the ultimate goal is is 10 years to accomplish all of this. I mean, af after a year involved, I mean, are you are you still – it sounds like you're still passionate, but, I mean, do you see, see this carrying out for 10 years? I'm kind of known to not start something unless I finish. Yeah. We're pretty stubborn. Yeah, where we are. All right. 
That's great. Um, so do you, do you have a goal? I mean, do you like how many cities you hit in a month or uh, how does that work? Well, if you do the math, you can know that we're almost at 600 total towns. So we would have to do 60 a year, right? Okay. So if we can go out 10 months out of the 12 month years and then hit at least six on each run, then we'll make it. You know, you yeah. just have to take it down. It's like the little bite sized thing for the elephant goal, right? right. It's, um, it's really exciting that you guys are doing this. I mean, I think it's so cool. What has been the response to um, the the website and, and the blog and stories that you tell? I mean, what kind of response are you getting from people? You know, um, John Grisham wrote a book about owning a small town newspaper, and he said, all you have to do to make money is throw in stories about the people who are the subscribers. And it's been really interesting because most of our web traffic is completely regionally based depending on whatever we're deploying. So if we deploy something in Spavanaugh, Oklahoma, which is around the Grand Lake area, all the Grand Lake people are just, you know, trading it around, you know, commenting and, you know, passing it back and forth. Um, and so it's that local readership. But we're starting to build a real solid base of continual readers as well. And so, and then there's random acts. Like, for instance, we happen to just get bizarrely invited into Duffy Martin's house when we hit Cedar Valley. We were just going to talk to the bartender. The next thing we know, we're on golf carts going to his house. The guy that took us just opened the door and walked in. They were That's that tight-knit community. Right. And so he spent a long time with us showing us his fart machine. We're <laughs> laughing our heads off. Um, he's back and he's doing weights and lifting, but six months later, he died. And so then all of a sudden boom, that one blew up, you know, because he was, it was really well known. I mean, sure. he was the oldest person in the PGA membership and so some other things. So just serendipitously, we've also gained traction too, but it's kind of just building very slowly over yeah. time. Any celebrities that you've run into along the way? I think he's it. I think Duffy is our celebrity. Yeah, Duffy is <laughs> so I, I mean, you haven't been to, uh, uh, what is it, Altus or not Altus? Where, where is it that uh, Blake Shelton and Mariah? Uh, Miranda Lambert, you didn't accidentally run into them in the coffee shop, anything like that yet? Talked to Gary England's niece. Really? Yeah. We did. Did she have any good stories? Well, actually, we we were just stopping in to say hi. Yeah. We didn't even talk. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Those are brushed uh, with greatness, I yeah, guess. There you go. <laughs> you know? What about great places? Have you found uh, like any just fantastic place that people need to go to and that in a place that you wouldn't expect? Spavanaugh. Spavanaugh? I think we all love Spavanaugh. It was so cute. It was so... It was it's right next to the the Grand Lake, and it was just so quiet, but close enough to like be able to go to the lake. And I think that all of us were just like really into that town and Disney. Oh, uh, you should tell them about Russ. Yeah, if you tell, like tell ATV Russ. riding. Yeah, um, Russell Hogan has, aka <laughs> <laughs> Paul Bunyan, has <laughs> this like ATV park um, that he great man he will not shut up about it and for good reason i mean we we sat down and talked with him in a little diner and he's like i can't just tell you about this i have to show you and he took us on what he calls a big ambulance um it's what he uses to get atvs stuck unstuck really um and takes us 30 40 minutes all across his land outside of the dam we were in disney oklahoma um and it just I think especially when you're in this part of, of Oklahoma, you forget that Oklahoma can be so pretty and there was just trees and water and we're driving 
through the water and we're driving vertically i'm pretty sure and it's horrifying it was horrifying <laughs> he just goes right down the, in the water he's we're in this mash unit this big mercedes I don't know how many feet tall, but the tires were about the size of my head, you know. <laughs> and so we're in there and gripping the sides. And, and the seats are nailed down. They're going funk, funk, yeah. funk each time he, like, hits a bump. Yeah. He goes and down into the water and he goes, in Arkansas, this would be strictly illegal, you know. And so, anyway, <laughs> he just kind of, like, probably gets the oil from the, <laughs> the vehicle into the water. I don't know. But, but he's really passionate about the land owner's are the citizens of Oklahoma because your taxes are paying for our state lands. So you need to have access to the lands. And he's been to court three times. He's won all three times. He quoted the law to us. He started crying when he was talking about his grandmother's, you know, graves and foundations. I mean, April's right. We were in PJ's diner, which might still be for sale. You can have the diner and the house behind it for like, what, 135? 135. Wow. Yeah. If you want to go to Disney and own the PJ's diner. Um, (laughs) We'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, but he had, like, framed his piece of legislation and stuck it on our wall. Yeah. <laughs> he was a hoot. So I have to I have to ask, have you been to Slick yet? All right. Well, it's a place you just kind of slide right through, but you'll enjoy it. <laughs> How about Slap Out? Been to Slap Out? All right. Well, just a couple of the places that I've been to in my travels around Oklahoma. So I, I actually, uh, several years ago, Took a couple of tours around to a bunch of small places. Uh, I went to Eagle, which is down in southeast Oklahoma, which um, I had a similar frightening experience there. I'm pretty sure I walked into a diner in in Eagle, and I wasn't sure that I was going to walk out. Um, so that was interesting. So I, I appreciate what you guys are are doing uh, on the trip uh, or, or trips. Um, how about traveling together? Uh, you guys all three pile in the car and... Uh, you seem very close here, but uh, any times where you've wanted to kick kick the other person out or anything like we've that? We've talked about this because Kelly's my mom. And um, usually, like, I mean, we've traveled together. I'm 28, so for 28 years. And mostly it's like if we're on the very last end of like a three or four day trip, then we're both just like, why didn't you do a U-turn there? Well, you should have taken a left. Well, I didn't want to take a left. Well, I don't even think we're in that town right now. <laughs> <laughs> And like that's a big part of it. Sometimes we don't know where the hell we are, because yeah. um, GPS doesn't know what town we're in, and the the map you can't tell where you are on the map, and then you don't know where the actual town delineations are. And sometimes people have different mailing addresses than their physical where their like county lines are, and sometimes we just like can't decide. Does this person are they even in the town that we're trying to be in? Especially with Lima and New Lima, we, I I still am not sure which one was which. Quite frankly, in April, riding in the back seat with these two must be uh, challenging. <laughs> well, I think for the most part, it's just kind of you know I'll sit back and I'll text my husband commentary a lot of times. Um, but I think that for the biggest thing, it's just you know I am I am an outsider. For all intents and purposes, I mean, mother-daughter duo plus April. So I think it's just, you know, I don't always get, like, what they're talking about all the time. But I think for the most part, we have a lot of common interests and we have a lot of common values. And this project is something that brings us together on a way that for the most most of the time that we're together, we're talking about the project and we're that's our common goal. So we're not really 
getting too far off yeah, things. Yeah, not that a I lot of bickering and things like that going no, on. No, I don't think it's too it's bad. It's a constant decision-making process, just decision-making, 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 go here, go here, where's next, how long, you know, what's our schedule like? I mean, it's it just really the dialogue is almost always project-based until we're finished for the day. And then we're exhausted, you know, yeah. and so. Um, but I think April sells herself short, you know, she's sort of integrating into the system just as another person and you know we sort of team make decisions and stuff sure so where's the next outing where do you where do you head next the far panhandle out there um isn't it clayton new mexico is just right across the border but just it's the 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 far square and so we can make that whole square in two days we may have to do a three-day trip because it takes so long to get out there yeah I'll, i'll i'll give you a little hint it smells lots of pig farms Lots of smell. So uh, just be prepared for that. I don't handle that well. Yeah. What was yeah. the grain elevator one? Navina. Ugh. I had to wear a bandana around my face because they were getting all of this, the, whatever the stinkiest substance on earth is, out of the bottom of this grain elevator in the middle of a hot, windy day. And I was trying to set up, I take um, four by five film portraits of each person so that's not a small feat setting up and tearing down that camera each time and we're downwind of this muck and i have the most sensitive stomach ever and i'm trying not to vomit all over my mom and this guy and my camera and i don't handle stinky well yeah kelly take some barf bags when you head up to the panhandle <laughs> for, for, for rachel because <laughs> if she thinks yeah it's gonna be bad no it, my experience up there was it was uh, yeah smelly well, I just so appreciate you ladies coming in and joining us on the OKC show. It's been uh, fascinating to hear the stories, and I, and I so appreciate what you're doing. You can read and uh, view the photos and the videos and everything if you go to reddirtchronicles.com. You can follow them on Twitter. Every point OK is kind of the main Twitter address, and then you can follow Red Dirt Kelly on there as well. And, and if you guys want to, you want people following you. Or do you just want yeah, them to go fine. to every point? Okay. Yeah. Rachel Apple and April Kirby, you can find them on Twitter as well. Kelly, April, Rachel, thank you so much for coming into the OKC show and sharing your uh, your stories and your travels. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you. you can uh, find more of the OKC show at oklahomatalking.co. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Oklahoma Talking. You can also follow OKC show. And go like our Facebook pages as well. And be sure to tell your friends to check out uh, everything that's going on at oklahomatalking.co. I'm Jason Baffrey. We're out of here. The OKC Show is a production of Destiny Creative.